Hello, I'm Des Dearlove, and this is a Thinkers 50 podcast. Today I'm talking to Deborah Rowland, co-author of Sustaining Change and author of Still Moving, forthcoming. Deborah, welcome. Thank you. Now, your big subject, your, the, the passion in your life, if you, if you will, is, is managing change, particularly leading change. Tell us about some of the experiences you've had in terms of leading change. I know you worked at PepsiCo, you've led a change initiative at the BBC as well. Yes, that's right. So I don't know how really, but I always end up in situations that require usually big restructurings, uh, changes in culture, and um, for some reason people think I'm pretty fearless in change situations. So I've been brought in to advise top leadership teams um, in how to do change. And um, in the last few years, I've actually been a top leader myself um, in change. So I've actually been in the firing line, which uh, is the best teacher. I'm sure it is. So, I mean, again, you forget just how much is involved with trying to make change happen. It's like pushing a boulder, it feels like it might be pushing a boulder uphill. But let's talk about change itself. Is change changing? Is it, is it what it used to be? How, certainly how we think about it seems to be changing. Mm, I think it is fundamentally changing um, in my over 25 years now of working in the field. In the last five to ten years, of course, the internet explosion has radically changed um, how we communicate, but most importantly, it's actually challenged the hierarchy in organisations. So um, gone are the days now, I think, where leaders could actually do top-down directive change from on high. Um, people now enjoy peer networks much more, um, joining up laterally. So command and control leadership in change, I think, is now history. And the power of now working um, in a more engaging way with people is really, really important. So number one, I think it's less um, using hierarchy now to bring about change. It's much more about getting um, viral networks going in your organisations. I think the second big change is around, it's, it's a feature now of our daily lives. It's ongoing. Um, so it's a much more dynamic world, um, I believe. And therefore, gone are the days where you could launch change and then do it, finish it, and then go back to stability. So, so change is a constant now. I mean, change is a it. constant, absolutely, yes. Which has great opportunities on the one hand, but it can also be very distracting. So, as ever, um, there's two sides to the coin. And the thing is, I mean, in the past, we know, the research suggests that an awful lot of change initiatives fail, of course. This is the, the, the sort of the tragic part of this. Is it getting any better? Are we still seeing that? Are, are, there, are there ways that we can do change in a more effective way so that we don't see so many failures? Um, I think what is actually changing and how leaders are approaching it, I think there is a, a bigger realisation now that people can't just be told to change. So um, this is where I think social media has a huge advantage because I think people are now using much more um, interactive communication um, approaches to bringing about change. Um, and I also think, given that the world is so dynamic, really, if you come up with a, a solution for change, it's more experimental these days. So I also feel, ironically, that um, it's sort of, I think it's called fail early to learn quicker. Mm. Um, so I do believe that leaders are more experimental now with bringing about change in their organisations. Um, and yes, I, I do believe that... Um, I think it used to be a failure of strategy, that you might, you've had the wrong strategy, which is why the change failed. Strategy is so dynamic now. I don't think it's an error in strategy. It's more an error of execution. Um, and I do believe it's, yeah, it is actually going more effectively now. But the biggest challenge I find um, now 
is that it actually requires um, a leader to be far more secure internally when change is ongoing in your life. It's something you need to be a master of all the time. So I think that's the biggest challenge now is to help leaders deal with ongoing change. Okay, let's talk about a little, that a little bit. But you mentioned, I think you mentioned that you're, one of the reasons that you ended up leading change is that you're fairly fearless. But some of the things you're talking about, change going viral, experimentation, the fact that it it's all sounds a little bit chaotic, a little bit out of control. The, the days when you had the heroic leader striding ahead up the mountain mm. it was more it was more controllable this is scary stuff for leaders because it's not that they've got to rely on almost emergent change you know we talk about emergent strategy but you've got to try to carry the people with you and hope they do the right things and that the right sparks catch haven't you yes indeed and i think that leaders maybe are less in control um these days with change but i contrast being in control with being in command so i still feel that leaders can be in command of change primarily through actually setting the right conditions. Um, so I do believe that the power of intention is a strong tool for a leader to um, still be, in a sense, in charge of a change process, even if they're not actually controlling the outcome. Um, diversity is a huge condition that helps bring about change. So leaders who bring together, bring in customers, put different departments together, you can actually catalyse change that way. Again, the leader is not in control, but you can actually command it. So I do believe the power of intention, um, using diversity, and just getting a better information flow through your organisation. Sometimes people are just kept in the dark. So I do believe that the leader can still be in command of a change process, even if they might feel out of control. So knowing what those conditions are, I think, are really important. And you, and you touched on one of the most important from what your research is indicating. The book's called Still Moving, and this sense of the leader being sort of still inwardly whilst all the change happened. Can you explain that concept a little bit to us? What I was noticing was that leaders um, can try very hard in change. So they bring the, in the case for change, they have a vision, they launch it from on high. But I, what I was noticing was that some leaders can do this much better than others. So I went about and commissioned a big research study into what does make the difference between leaders who can do change really well. And what we really found was that the leaders who were in the top in our study had this sense of inner calmness that I call it being in the eye of the storm because it does feel like being in a storm sometimes in change. But leaders who were really good at this didn't get phased by disruption. They weren't anxious when things went wobbly. They just had quite a philo philosophical take on life. Um, and so the inner stillness was all about being able to be present, not get distracted being here. It was about being curious as to what shows up and it was also about being able to um, see everything that happens in life as in some way meant to happen. So when difficulty came their way they actually used it as part of their change rather than actually got angry or irritable or frustrated. So leaders who could really regulate their emotions, be calm, be still, were definitely the most successful in our study. And that enabled them to move things around them more effectively. So in summary, it's a bit like the inner and the outer game. So the inner game is the inner stillness. And the outer game is you being able to really galvanise people around you. And both are necessary, but it starts in getting the inner game right first. OK, it starts with the inner game. Deborah, we're going to come back to you and, and I, I hopefully talk, do some more podcasts talking about some of the issues you've raised. Some of the, I mean, because it touches on mindfulness and it's just fascinating stuff. 
and uh, we wish you every success with the book. But for now, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Des. Thank you for listening. That was a Thinkers 50 podcast. Thinkers 50 podcasts are produced by KDH Creative.